it's really important that I remember that I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fall short. I'm going to not be where I thought I would be at a certain age or a certain time. But I know why I'm here and I have to do what I have to do to get to where I want to go. Um, so I have to keep going. I have to keep going. I have to keep going. Like, yes, no, vulnerability or not, defensiveness or not, I have to keep going. Welcome to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live. I'm your host, Kenna Klosterman, bringing you true stories from behind the lens and behind the lives of your favorite photographers, filmmakers, and creative industry game changers. From their struggles to their wins, we get the real human stories about why they do what they do. I believe there is something to learn from everyone's story. Listen, get inspired, and discover why, in the end, your creative journey is all worth it. This is We Are Photographers, and these are our stories. But let me bring on our guest today for the very first time on Creative Live. Uh, her name is Tammy Thomas. She is coming to us from Dallas, Texas, where as of today, uh, there has been a big snowstorm. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, she is a creative director, a photographer. She wears many, many hats. Um, and she is a pleasure to have on. Her work has been uh, seen in Vogue, Vogue Italia. Can't wait to hear about that. Wired Forbes. Texas Monthly, OK Africa, and let's just give a big round of applause wherever you are, bumping on your on your desk. Um, welcome, welcome, Tammy Thomas, to the show. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, again, I know this is um, just fun fact because, you know, let's be real. Uh, snow has been pounding down in Dallas. You're in Dallas. Yep. Shout out if anybody else is in Dallas out there. Yep. And you told me what you had to do this morning. And I just want to share this with the world because I was like, what? Please. Please. <laughs> what did you have to do this morning? Man, I had to boil snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you have you have power. Thank you. But goodness. no water. But no water. All right. Well, we are hoping that you get that water back quickly. Um, it is... <laughs> It is. It sounds like like a story you're gonna tell your future children, oh, you know. And then like, there was I the day. To, yeah, yeah. The survival story, you know. Instead of exactly. walking miles, I had to boil snow. So exactly. <laughs> um, so before we get started, uh, let's do some of these shout outs. Uh, we have. Um, we have a photographer, the photographer that you work with closely, uh, and I'm not. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Pa. Uh, pa uh, Quincy. Paco. He. Paco, Paco, thank you, Paco, tuning in from Dallas. Uh, we have Dawn in Holly Springs, North Carolina. Uh, we have Ontario, Canada, Glenn in British Columbia, John in Denmark, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Brianna in Arkansas. We have Donna, who's in Fort Worth, who also has um, no water and no power. So we are thinking of all of you out there um, across the country. Uh, there's been just crazy weather. Anyway, besides the point, Tammy. Let's talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Let's, we, you have many, many hats that you wear. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what it means to you. A lot of people hear the word creative director and are like, what does that even mean? <laughs> talk to me about how the role of creative director um, 
it comes to life in, in your mind. And um, maybe that's some example projects that you've, you've recently worked, uh, worked on. But what does that encompass for somebody who doesn't really know? Yeah. So I like to describe creative director as a lot of my job happens before I come on set. Um, so normally, it, and it's a little bit, just a little bit different from when I'm in or being in an ad agency per se, but as a creative director, I'm in charge of most of the time coming up with the idea, um, in charge of pulling all the creative pieces together. I'm the bridge of communication between the client and all the other creative entities. Um, most of the time I'm the one who sources out the models, the set designer, makeup artist, photographer, like whatever it is that needs to happen for a campaign to happen. I come up with the idea and then I make sure everyone can get make it happen. And then on set, I make sure it happens. <laughs> and then post set, I make sure it looks like how I ideally pictured it to look. So that's my long, short answer. Let's just go back to Tammy. Uh, you were describing, let's pick it, pick it up again. We're talking about what it means to be a creative director. Um, you're innovating from start to finish, juggling all the pieces. Um, can you, can you tell us about a recent project where, um, where it did all come together and what the importance of working <laughs> with a team is? Because, um, from what I've seen, you know, you, you work with a, a significant number of people as you're putting these campaigns together. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I cannot, I cannot describe how important the team is. Like it's, it is the best thing to ever happen to a creative campaign. Um, and one of my favorite things to do is putting great people in great places, like especially, um, doing what they're good at, whether you're a makeup artist or you're a photographer or a stylist. Like I love when creative entities come together. Um, and from just ideation to, um, execution. It's, it's really fun to have people along that process and people, you know, to have feedback on, 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 from, uh, ideation and then people to actually execute it and do it such a good job on this onset. It's, it's so great. And, um, recently I can't say what the project is, but it's coming, it's coming soon. And I'm so, 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 so excited for it to, um, go live, but it was one of those projects that we, um, I'm working with it on, uh, I worked with Mizizi on and we are coming up with a campaign towards the end of this month. And, um, we've been working on this ideation for probably three months. Um, just because we had an idea, didn't work out. So having to like kind of scramble pandemic, but also like not pandemic in Texas, just working through those things. Um, but that was one of the, that was the most recent project I've worked on. And that's, that's one I'm so so excited for. I can't. I like. I cannot wait for you guys to see it. Oh my god. Do you gosh. know? Do you know when that is going to be released? End of this month. Okay. End of yes. February 2021. End of February. 2021. Okay. So let's let's talk about Z, because I know you're of the of the many hats. Um, you are. Uh, you work. You do a lot of work with Mizizi. Tell us what it is. Um, and how you got involved. Um, your role. All yeah. of the things. Mizizi is a streetwear for the diaspora. Um, that's just a short form. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, Paco, if you're listening, I apologize if that's not the best way to describe it. But um, Mizizi is just a diaspora-specific um, streetwear brand. So we have baseball jerseys, hockey jerseys, basketball jerseys, soccer jerseys, um, sweats sometimes. 
Um, but it's it's a brand that started um, from Paco, and it was really to tie um, to make people not feel so alone, especially if you're of a diaspora group. Um, it's and especially when you're not in your home country, it's just a great way to rep. And it's a different way to rep because normally you don't see Ghana on a basketball jersey. So it's like, oh, this is something different. Um, and what I do for the brand is, is like, it started off as just creative direction and I dabbled in our PR a little bit, but right now it's mostly creative direction um, and just content photography on the side as well. Um, and how I got started was kind of a trial basis. So I, I w- had worked with our now Mizizi photographer on a few projects. And he recommended um, that I hop on. An, uh, it was at the time a Ghana soccer jersey launch. And he recommended that Paco hire me for that role. Um, Paco hired me. And it was probably like my least favorite shooting experience just because it felt like so many things were just off and wrong and just not it was not great to me however um it was great chemistry about about, uh, you know amongst everyone so I got along with obviously uh, I'd worked with Kwesi before he's our um, company photographer uh, and Paco was my first time really meeting him there was just great chemistry Paco is a great leader um he really allows creative to be creative and and he's also very creative himself with his wacky ideas so it was it was just great chemistry, and so we decided to continue um, working together, and that's how I kind of came onto the team and and really started working with them more often. Yeah. When you, what was that like in the beginning when you're like you're saying like I don't think this is going well, or you know, or you're not sure. Yeah. But then other people see you very differently, you know, usually than you see yourself. Um, what, what were you able to learn from sort of one of that, that early experience of like, whether it's confidence or whether it's, you mentioned chemistry, like once you feel that is there, then, you know, that maybe aids to confidence or what, what sort of was the, the evolution of going from being new to working with a brand to then, you know, as a creative director, you know, really having to be responsible for, for the vision. Yeah. Um, Wow. I think it's definitely, um, it's a perfectionist thing for me. Um, I've always kind of been, I've always been critical of everything. Um, and so creative direction was a great way for me to put my critical eye into good use rather than just be a critical person. Um, and so I think that is understanding myself and, 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 um, how I see things and my attention to detail is what helps me push through whether or not, um, things are going well on set or a model didn't show up or we're down a number or things like just many things happen that just happen on set. Um, and so growing in understanding who I am as a person and who I am as a creative has helped me be more confident in saying that, yes, I'm a creative director. Yes, I'm a photographer. Yes, I do this. Yes, if hair needs to be done, I can do that. If makeup needs to be done, please don't ask me, but I can do that. Um, so it's, it's, it's time and understanding who I am as a person that really ha- aided me in understanding who I am as a creative. 
That's a beautiful awareness um, because it's definitely sort of a, a lifelong journey, I would say, yes. um, as we all continue you know, to evolve, whether that's in ourselves or in our careers. And I had noticed that you wrote, um, one of the things you wrote about yourself was, um, what sets me apart is that my weakness is also my strength. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of being a very critical person, in terms yeah. of being a perfectionist, attention to detail, like I, I see those traits in myself as well. So I totally hear you in terms of how it can be hindering. Um, but yet then, you know, it is when you work with a team, mm -hmm. it's one thing to, like you just said, like I don't, I know how to do makeup, but don't ask me to. Yeah. Like it's yeah. being that that ability to let other people shine in their space, um, is is it just it sounds like it's a super cool you know role to to be able to play best and, role. and uh, <laughs> best role. Um, what about the 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 photography side then? Are, are you ever having to do both? Are you like talk to me about then? There's one thing when you're working with a with a brand or you know on a bigger project. Talk to me about creating for yourself. <laughs> Shout out to all the photographers out there. <laughs> um, it's harder than creative directing to me, um, just because it's like. I don't necessarily love putting on two hats at the same time. Yep. Um, just because it's harder to be perfect. Um, but when I do, it's I what I do is like I scale it down. So maybe my idea of when I'm only creative directing is just this big campaign. But when I'm the photographer, I have to think about lighting. I have to think about how many resources I have. Where am I going to shoot? Um, am I going to have studio light? Am I going to have natural light? Like all these other factors that it's like, okay, let me scale down whatever I need to do to make it workable for me. Um, so it's, it's, I'm still learning. I don't, I don't like to, like, I can't confidently enough say that I am a photographer, but I'm good at it. Not my favorite hat to put on, but I'm good at it. Um, and it helps because when I'm working with other photographers, I can speak photography language. So if I need to change the aperture or um, I need to know what type of light they need or equipment they need, it's it's better for me. Um, but photography is hard. <laughs> Tammy, photography is hard. And I think you don't realize that until you actually get into it. Yes. I mean, this like notion that all we do is press a button is just ridiculous and and um and but i think and i think it's because of that because once you know that all then it is i don't know i want to i want to hone in on <laughs> because you are not the only one yes. that has a problem calling themselves a photographer um because you know it's it, it's that I don't, it's this like, well, what does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, what does it mean to be a professional photographer? What does it mean to be an amateur yeah. photographer? What does yeah. it mean to be, have being a photographer be part of what you need to be in order to be a creative director within, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever the, the role is. So dig a little bit deeper as to why do you have a hard time calling yourself a photographer? And can you say right now, I'm a photographer? Oh man, it's because I'm a perfectionist. And so I know and I see other people who do it better and have more experience or maybe they have the eye of what I want. 
or maybe it's because like when I'm on set, I know the process of how long it took me to get that one photo or how long I didn't have to set up the light or the model was not as great as I hoped it would be. So I have to work with what I have or like, there's just so many things that happen. And so confidently saying I am a photographer is like, Oh, but everything didn't go perfect. So are you a photographer? That I think that's why for me, it's like, Oh, you know, like shout out to other photographers, but Tammy, you can like, don't call yourself that quite yet. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Well, I think, I, I think, you know, look at your work, look at the fact that you say, you know, I've been published in Vogue, Wired, <laughs> Forbes. Tell, tell, tell me about the first time you were published in Vogue oh Italia. What God. was the image? Like, what was the scenario? Talk to us about, you know, did that give you a yeah. boost? Oh, for sure. For sure. It gave me a boost. It was my, um, I was interning at this agency and the photos that were published in Vogue Italia were photos I like taken with a photographer friend for my birthday. And so he was testing out, okay, let me see if I can get published or not. Um, and so he submitted the photos to Vogue Italia's digital platform. Um, and then it was just one random morning and he texted me, he was like, look, and it just had the Vogue logo on it. And I was like, oh my God. So yeah, I don't want to like scream. <laughs> so you guys are like, <laughs> but it was such an amazing feeling and it, it's definitely a confidence boost. It's definitely a confidence boost. Um, and it was it was the right confidence boost to like let me know that I should just keep going. Um, not enough to be like I've arrived, but definitely enough to be like, yeah, okay, you have something, just keep going. Are, are there other moments or or is it is it interactions with um, any mentors or what are some other moments that you've had? where you're like, can, can I keep going? Like, or, you know, or, or that, that things yeah. that, that, you know, this is how, what we all struggle with, you know, when we're in creative careers, creative pursuits, it's not easy. Like you said, photography is hard, but being an entrepreneur is hard. Like, what are some other, are there some other examples of times when you doubted oh, man, yourself and, and how you kind of continue to push on? I doubt myself all the time. <laughs> I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a point that I don't doubt myself, but I also recognize that that's part of the process. Um, and also I, I realize that I'm on a journey and, and I think the doubt also comes in because I'm not exactly where I want to be. And, um, that doubt is also kind of this, this motivation to keep going because, the moment I stop doubting myself, I'm either at the pinnacle of my career or like I'm not alive anymore. <laughs> so it's one of the two and I'm just going to have to get to at, get to either point. Um, and so for me, doubt is part of the process. How do I not doubt myself or what do I say to myself? I just have to keep going. Um, I think the really important thing is that I know the type of life I want to live um, and creating, I say to anybody that would listen, like I, I live to create and I love to create. And if I wasn't creating, I'd be an interior decorator creating my home. Like I have to do something to bring what I see in my mind to life. Um, and if I'm not doing that, then I'm probably not going to be the most happy person out there. 
Um, and so essentially I'm doing it for me and everything else is just an added benefit, but I'm doing it because it's what I need to do to live my best life. Um, and so that's the reason I haven't stopped. And that's the reason I keep going. Cause I need to do it. Like I need it. Yeah. I, I think it, it's beautiful what you said though earlier about, you know, doubt and recognizing that if we're not doubting ourselves, then we're not trying hard enough or we're not pushing ourselves. And, and so just that, like you said, just being aware of that is, you know, is the place to, to, to not feel like, oh, I'll never, I don't want to not doubt myself, but that's, you know, that is just awareness. Okay. And then like continue to do. Um, but I, I think it's awesome to, um, just to to understand and ha- know what your intention is and why you're doing the things you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to earlier when we were talking about Mizizi and um, it being a streetwear brand for the diaspora, and you talked about you know not not always being connected to or you know or or, or seeing your people. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to me about are you? Um, Talk to me about your childhood. Are you first generation, um, you know, American Nigerian? And um, talk to me about um, what, you know, what, where you grew up and what that was experience was and what that does mean to you in terms of the pursuit of your work. Yeah. Um, I'm first generation Nigerian or first generation Nigerian American. Um, Or is that, is that right? Yeah. Well, I I came to the country when I was eight years old. So I technically am an immigrant myself. So, yeah, <laughs> but at this point, I've spent more time here than I have in Nigeria. So I Nigerian American, but more American anyway. Um, so my Africanness, my Nigerianness, I think my Nigerianness is what drives me to be so critical of myself is that, you know, we're never satisfied. Like anyone with immigrant parents or anyone with just strict parents in general is like straight A's or nothing, doctor, lawyer or nothing. Um, and so it's not necessarily my parents that push that, but the community, you know, is, is pushing that. And so I think that's what also drives my creative pursuit. It's like, if I'm not a doctor, I'm going to be the best creative director out there. Um, very Nigerian mentality. I know other Africans, you know, have that too, but Nigerians have this sense of pride that, um, that we get taunted about, but also works to our own benefit. Um, so I think, my upbringing as as a Nigerian has aided me in that. Um, so I came here when I was eight years old. Um, my parents and I lived in Nashville, Tennessee. Went there for middle school, elementary school, and high school and college. Um, and so I'm a Texas transplant recently. But I don't. I wow. I've never really thought about like how my growing up really affected me. Well, let me put it this way. So I've always wanted to be a doctor. Um, I went to college to try to study pre-med, try. Um, It was in that process that I discovered that medicine is not for me. I would not be happy if I was a a doctor. Um, And having, I want to essentially thank my parents too, because they could have been very Nigerian parents and like, you have to be a doctor, but they didn't do that. They let me kind of take a backseat and understand who I was as a person. I've always been creative. I've always loved taking pictures. I've always loving, loved people taking pictures of me. Um, and so I think growing up, I, 
I had that in the back of my head. Like I'm creative. I sing, I can dance, just different creative things that I've done, like as a child growing up. Um, and so it's like, that is what aided me in pivoting towards creative. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> it's like totally. trying to pull from the back of my mind to the front, but yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. It just, it's always, it's always curious to hear, um, you know, when people discovered their creativity, some of us, you know, is when you're always aware of it. And some people, you know, you, you, um, I mean, creativity comes in many, many forms. Yes. And we always say here at Creative Live, there's a creator in all of us and business is creative. You know, yes. there's, you know, it's not just like art being creative, yeah. Yeah. Um, being a doctor, you know, there's, it's as, as, in way. they gotta be prop, you know, solving problems left, right and center, yeah. you know, and, and, um, but I, I think it's, I think it's, um, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting to the effect of what sort of our, our childhood, our beliefs when we were younger and what we, how we grow up affects what we are, you know, the path that we follow. And, and sometimes it is having to break through what we were told we should do or, yeah. you know, or, or, or what have you. And it, like you said, it makes your drive to be the best creative director and, you know, <laughs> photographer out there even that much stronger. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's interesting in terms of, of, of sort of the the choices of of projects that you work on or or you know things that you're, you know that you're drawn to. And I wanted to talk a little bit about. I was you know perusing through your website and socials, and um, I, you know it's always interesting to me what people put at the top of their Instagram, yeah. you know, because to me those things are likely the most important things to those people yeah. right now. Um, so talk to me about the Portrait Noir project um, brand um, yeah. that that um, you have been involved in a number of these, um, the process BTS videos yeah. um, that is really great because you expose people to, you know, the process of the different projects that, that you're working on. Um, um, and, and so this was a project, at least the one that I was looking at, um, about rebranding for Portrait Noir. Mm -hmm. Tell me about, um, that business and, and, um, just what, what sort of this behind the scenes, um, video, you know, meant to you or, or, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the por uh, Portrait Noir were started by Kwesi, who's simultaneously Mizizi's company photographer. Um, and it started as a way to really share blackness and black portraiture and um, yeah, black portraiture because it was something that we saw was uh, essentially he saw that was missing when you like looked at Pinterest. Pinterest has done a great job rebranding so far. Um, but when you were looking at inspo photos, it was very hard to find black faces for specific um, concepts. Um, so it, it started to kind of fill that void. And with the rebrand, we wanted to um, create imagery along with the new logo, with the new um, font, and just the new page. Um, and so we decided to kind of take people along the behind-the-scenes process and really highlight how those pictures came to life. And it was really special to me because it was one of the first times that I was on camera explaining, like, creative direction or what I did, and um, also highlighting... Um, the people that we worked with and so that 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 was essentially like 
we wanted to do BTS, but make it a little more elaborate. And so that was, that was how that, the process came to life. Nice. I mean, it's, it is, it's always, it's always fun to, like you said, hear directly, this is how we learn, right? We see other people doing their thing. And then um, we start to understand more about, you know, how it all, how it all comes together. Again, if you're new, you might not even know how, you know, a a team gets out there and and works together. Um, I'm curious if you can think back to when we were just talking about, you know, you were creative early on, but going back to photography, like, can you, can you remember an image that you saw of that somebody else, somebody else's image where that like moved you so much emotionally that you're like, wow, like photography. Cause for some people it's, painting and it's, you know, like other, other things. Like what do you think you were drawn to with regard to photography and that being sort of the industry you're in? Um, I want to say the most significant memory for me was when, and I don't know the photographer who shot the photos for this, but it was, um, in tandem with Beyonce's formation video or music video. Um, and all the visuals that came consecutively after that for the Lemonade album, that's what it's called. Um, (laughs) And I think for me, it was how photography told the story of what the videos also did and how black it was. And um, not just black in the sense of like culture, but um, black people were lit well. Um, Skin tone was great colors blended like there were so many things that meshed just with the overall visuals for that project and I think that was I was a sophomore in college and that for me was like sensation overload I was I was in love with everything about that project and the photos that came with the project the videos everything Um, and that was that was essentially like my wake up to this existing but I didn't necessarily know what it was but I just knew that wow this I want this. Don't know how, but I want this. Um, yeah. I love it. I mean, it, it's, it, it, again, it is like it, you, you, once you're in something, sometimes you forget like what it first, yeah. what first got you there. Um, and, and so being able to recognize that then and kind of see how that influences, you know, what you're, what you are creating today, yeah. even that, um, you know, it, yeah, it, I love hearing, you know, what some of those early sort of influences were. Um, and kind of further than that, though, then what about yourself? Like, what it, was there an early image that you created where you, you you now have in your mind, like, what you, like, I want that? Was there one where you were like, I did that? <laughs> and what, you know, and what what was what was that like? Or can you describe that image? Man, um, I think it's it's also mental pictures of just what I remember from being young and living in Nigeria. Um, for it's it's either remembering how vibrant certain houses were, or what colors of clothing I wore on my fourth birthday. 
um, or just like looking at pictures of what my parents' couch looked like when we were back home. It was it's just different visual cues that like that for me recalls my earliest memories of just creating or or things that um, that I care about now that I remember were cool to me when I was in Nigeria or just color elements or um, story elements. Um, and for example, one aesthetic that I'm really into now is like film and retro. Um, and I think I'm into it now because I wish I took more pictures then um, or I had more of a documentary or ways to document um, my life then, my parents' life then, their parents' life then. Um, and I think that's that's why I'm so obsessed with it now is because I'm trying to do those things that I wish they did for me so that I could like pull from pictures of my grandparents or um, pull from pictures of where they used to live or what their um, village looked like or just different things like that. Um, those are my early, early cues that inform me now. Um, yeah, I think that's that thing. That's that's my answer to that. I want to talk more about then um, film photography yes. um, and digital because I did see on some of the projects, you know, there may have been somebody doing the digital photography, yeah. but you're doing the film photography. Yeah. Um, and and so talk to me about like what type of film photography, um, what like what how often are you doing that? Is yeah. it are you integrating it into the business side is it the for fun like talk talk to me about film because a lot of people are interested in getting back into film for me film film was something that i was like really i admired a lot of film photographers um mike in dallas is a, a film photographer out here um zerb Melish is a film photographer out here i'm just shouting them out but they're like really dope film photographers who i looked at their work on instagram and i was just like i just want to take a film photo if i can just take one film photo um and so on a whim I was either buying like camera equipment or visiting a camera store and there was a 35 mil, 35 millimeter um, film camera. And I was just like, you know what, let me just buy it. Let me just, let me just get it, bought it. They were very helpful, bought a bunch of film for it. Um, and it's, it's still an experiment. Um, I don't do it as often as I would like to just because I think there's a lot of elements like I don't I don't want to just take a photo of like a car or something. I think that's the perfectionist in me. It's like I don't want to do that. Um, so I kind of pick and choose when and where I bring my film camera to. Um, I like to bring it on set and see if I can play with light and and digital. Um, but film film just requires a lot more. Um, I can't like a picture can be overexposed in film, but can't be overexposed in digital. And so learning that it's like, okay, so I need adequate lighting in order to shoot film. Okay. Then I need to make sure, first of all, I need to even know how to roll the film in my camera. I know how, I need to know how to load the film correctly. I need to know when 16 stops is done. It's just so many things. And so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like charge people for film photography quite yet. Um, it's, but it's, 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 it's so fun. It's it's um it's a great way to slow down and really be intentional about um, pictures and intentional about what you're capturing, and you know, making sure your subject can stay still, um, you stay still. It's it's a great kind of uh, I wouldn't call it a break, but it's almost like a break from the normal pace 
Yeah. Well, I, I no, I, I love the way you describe it because it is you the and you, that word that you use. You have to be intentional uh, because you you know you only have a certain number of frames in that roll of film, you know, and and so it becomes. And I'm always curious if once people are even on that same set doing film and yeah. digital, if it changes your approach to the digital work as well because. You're, you just, you start to, do you start to see differently? Like you mentioned the light and the, yes. like, are you looking at things in a different way? I know I can get away with a film or with a picture being underexposed if I'm taking it on digital, just because I can always bring it, bring back light and post. Um, but I can't get away with that in, in film. And so it's like, well, let's just fix the lighting overall. <laughs> um, things like that. Or, or having the subject be like, you can't move because one, I have to fix this focus. Um, and I probably would only take three photos of you. So those three photos have to be wonderful versus like digital. I can take 200 photos of you in the same spot. Um, and so it's, it, it provides a little more, I guess a little more to my detail orient oriented, uh, nature. Um, and, and it, it allows just things on set to try to slow down um, because on set things can be very quick. You need makeup done. You need hair done. You need everything kind of moving because you only have a limited amount of time, but can we take this break and make sure the frame looks good? Zamato look good. Is there anything out of, you know, out of frame on the set? Just, I think film and digital in the same kind of um, timeline helps helps everyone involved take a break and make sure like everything on set is perfect. It's never going to be perfect, but as close as it's going to get. We could try, Jamie. Yeah. We could try. Try. We could try. perfectionists. <laughs> it will never I be did. perfect, but we're there. <laughs> or we, we or we shift our definition of what perfect yeah. is. Because For maybe sure. it's all perfect anyway. For sure. For <laughs> this sure. is my work. Though I say this because <laughs> this is my work too. Um, I, I did notice in one of those behind the scenes process videos um, where you as creative director come in and are sort of looking at the frame as to where the photographer was. Is that part of the part of, um, again, going back to like how you as creative director, if you're not creative director and photographer, how you're interacting with them, are you literally like in there making sure the frame is what you want it to be? Absolutely. Um, but that's also a great thing about working with people that you trust and people that you already love their work. Um, it allows you kind of to focus on other things. So maybe you focus on the time of the studio or you, you just focus on other things and let the photographer or let the creative do what they do best. Um, but it's always great to be able to see the frame um, to, for example, I, I may have three shots that I need happen. You can do everything else, but I need these three shots. Maybe I have four people on set. I need a group shot. They need to be sitting in this chair. They need to be like this. I need to be landscape and vertical. Those are what, that's what I need. Do that and I'll leave you alone. Um, and so I'm, I'm always in that kind of process, but I really do enjoy letting great people do great work. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it just, again, it's interesting that then when you're, when you're saying, I know what I need, X, Y, and Z, it's almost like, have you storyboarded that out? Like when oh, you're yes. going into it, talk to me more about, <laughs> you're like, uh, yes, girl. <laughs> so much talk to, pre-work. 
talk to us about um, again the for, for people who who aren't as familiar with doing these types of team projects like what is the pre-work that that goes into maybe you can I don't know if you can go to the 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 project that you're yeah. most excited about right now yeah. but just you know in in general like as a I'll little talk mini about that one I'll okay. talk about that one um so once the idea is like kind of verbally agreed upon, because what, what we do is bounce ideas off of each other. So Paco, Kwesi, and myself are our like ideation team. Um, and so once we've kind of talked about the idea amongst ourselves, it's my job to kind of flesh it out and make it plain so that when we're explaining it to the rest of the team, when we're explaining it to other creative entities and the models, they see what we already saw. Um, and so storyboarding... Um, and that sounds complex, but really what I'm doing is creating a Google presentation. Um, so it's not, it's not like this fancy thing. It's just like a Google presentation with inspo photos. If I need to put a few words on there, um, for example, one thing that I did, um, on this past project was talk about the makeup style I want for, um, this shoot. And so we're doing an eighties aesthetic, for example, I need to see purple liner or I need to see like key elements that were key in pictures in the eighties or for styling, I need to see denim or I need to see colorful backgrounds or I need to see colorful clothes, like different elements I can explain on that, um, Google <laughs> slide. Um, and then just other info like location, phone numbers, um, who to reach out to things like that. Um, but I flush it out on this, um, inspo board. And then I give it to all the creative entities involved. And then we kind of have a like full creative meeting where they can ask questions and we talk through that process and then we get to set and then we make it happen. So it's like, there's a whole before, before coming on set, a whole before. Right. Right. And then like you were saying earlier, like making sure that in the midst of it, you're getting what you needed for yeah. the, the, the project at the outset. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious, going back to sort of you and and getting into um, this line of work, um, you're, you, in terms of the many other hats, talk to me about your, did you say you're um, in ad school or finishing up ad yes, school or talk to me about that. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. How's that playing into the bigger picture of Tammy? I want it to be my whole life. Um, and so that was really one of the ins inspirations for me to go to ad school because I know that there are people who do it full time and there are people who do it as their nine to five. Um, and I also wanted to do it on a bigger scale. So one day, you know, hopefully I'm directing a Super Bowl commercial. That would be fantastic. Um, but essentially like this is the life I want to live and ad school is part of that process and getting me to this life. Um, and so that was, that was my big, my big push for, for it. And so it, it plays into my overall life plan is that Timmy wants to create. So Timmy's making sure that she creates all her life, um, and makes a lot of money from it. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, what was the biggest risk that you've ever, that you've taken so far? Doing this. <laughs> um it's betting on yourself really. Um, and I kind of stumbled upon creative direction. Like I didn't even know, I knew advertising when it was an industry, but I didn't know what it was. Um, I knew creating was there, but I didn't know like I could create because you always see like, um, why am I forgetting her name? But 
and and Lubowitz. Like you think that she's like the pinnacle, and there's no way you can get there. Um, so you don't necessarily equate your journey to being connected to people who do that on a larger scale. And so I stumbled into creating or into creative directing and photography and continued learning from there. And I've been learning as I go. Um, so I forgot the question. <laughs> I, I think it was about taking risks. Like what taking are, risks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> so the risk was that I'm not a doctor, so I'm trying to figure out what what creating looks like not being that. Um, the risk is is um, the risk is you are you're kind of subject to the opinion of other people. So you might think it looks really cool. Kenna might not. Um, creative life might not. So it's it's this risk of like you're putting yourself out there. And it's like, here, like my work, like, like what I've done. And when people don't, I'm not going to lie, it hurts because you're like, I did this for you. <laughs> so when people don't like it, it's like, ah, what did I do wrong? Um, that's, that's the, that's the risk in doing it. It's like, you're, you're subject to people's opinion. You're subject to people's eye, but also what would you rather do? That's right. I mean, you, you keep going back to, and I really appreciate you saying I'm creating, I'm creating the life that I want and you could have stayed in med school and been miserable because yes. you realized that it, a good doctor but you would have and you would have been a good doctor but you may have been miserable or maybe you been, who knows but you made a choice and I think that's the you know that's the the beautiful thing is seeing you know that you when you can live at you know from choice and yeah. um and it is a risk you know or create any of the you know creative being a creative entrepreneur, um, it gives you the greatest responsibility, but also the greatest risk, you know, or, or and reward, freedom and responsibility, um, because you're sort of, <laughs> it's on you to, you yeah. know, to, to keep creating. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious, um, what, you know, what, what, when you do, like, what, I mean, I kind of already have the answer. I think <laughs> I was going to say, like, what makes you feel most alive? Um, and, and, <laughs> Creating. Right, exactly. Yes, exactly. I was going to say, wait, she's already given me that answer in a I way. Know, I but keep saying it. No, no, it's, it's, it's um, I mean, but that's like, what is it about like being a doctor or, I don't know. I'm just trying to get to the, like, what is it that wasn't satisfying within yeah. that, um, just that, that you recognized? Yeah. Um, for me, it was, uh, it just didn't feel right. Like I'd sit in lecture halls and, and just feel so alone and isolated, even though like I'm sitting in a lecture hall full of people, but they're not struggling to get a C on this biology assignment. I am. Um, and it was just this, um, it was like being, like being honest with myself on like, I don't want to sit here and read 50 something pages worth of a subject that are you really interested in? Versus like if you give me a book about photography or you give me a book about creative direction, I will sit through it and I will read it. So it's it's like I just had to be honest with myself. Like I had to 
really look at myself and just like, no, it's not because you're not smart. It's just you don't have the passion for this. And so I'm not the type of person that I can do something well if I'm not passionate about it. Like you, it, you can tell. You'll see it on my face. You'll see it in my attitude. I can't hide it. And so it's it, it was really like, Timmy, you have to work in line with what you are passionate about. If not, everybody else is going to be miserable, be miserable because you're miserable. And that's awful. So like find, find it really find it and and um I took the time to to stumble upon it and find it and continue in it so um and that's the commitment part yeah you know that's that's the commitment is um it's one thing to like find something and then to make it work because it's hard you know yeah it's it's um and I, it's it's super commendable. This is why we love to, you know, bring people on who are living the creative life um, because we are all, you know, it's um, those of us who are trying, it's, you know, we're not alone. Yeah. Um, and, and we're in it together. Talk to me about community and oh, yeah. like how you have established community or advice mm-hmm. for finding community for other, you know, young creators out there. Yeah. Community is like community is super important in that it motivates you. You have cheerleaders and not just finding like this community. I guess it's, it's separating like your inner, inner, inner bubble, outer bubble and people who will just like either hate on your work or like your work and not be honest to you. Um, so finding a group of creatives that you genuinely have chemistry with, like it doesn't feel because I'm naturally an introvert. And so it's a lot of work for me. And funny enough, a lot of creators are introverts. And so it's a lot of work for us to just like go and meet people. But when you find those like genuine connections, it's easy and it doesn't feel like work. Um, and so starting there, um, and, and it, you have to be intentional about finding community as well, because when I first, for example, when I first moved to Dallas, um, I didn't know anyone. And so I went to meetups even though I hated it, <laughs> I went to meetups. And if I found one person to talk to, cool. Um, I DM'd like creatives that I really admired that were in the same city as me. Um, maybe I followed them to set or I met up with them for coffee. Like you have to get out of yourself in order to find that community. But once you find it, like I'm not DMing anyone right now and I'm great. <laughs> so, but I had to do that kind of like put myself into the community to then enjoy what the community has to offer. Um, but in, in enjoying that community, it's having people who are honest with you and like, Timmy, that, that wasn't your best work or like, wow, you know, you've really outdone yourself or wow, I can see your growth. Um, you will get hurt because there are some people that, you know, you admire, but they are on their own journey. So they don't, they're not going to be in line with you or have time for you, especially if you're, the one reaching out. Um, I've had a lot of like experiences of like, just not so great experiences reaching out, but the, the experiences that I have had has outweighed those initial, like putting yourself out there. Um, so it's definitely, it's definitely worth getting outside of your comfort zone to find your community. And then once you're in it, like really investing your community as well. So share their work, um, comment on their stuff. If they need help on set, if you have time, like, as much as you're taking from your community, you also have to give back. So, yeah. Beautifully said. And I I think there's some lessons in there as well about, 
the more you, you know, the more you put yourself out there, you might be somebody might not have the time mm-hmm. or you might be not rejected, but just like yeah. might not be the right fit in that moment. And that isn't a reflection of no. you. It's not and at so, all a reflection of like, you. <laughs> so continuing to like not let that stop you and, yeah. you know, at pounding on as many doors as you can, especially when you move somewhere mm-hmm. and you don't know anybody, you know, For in the sure. beginning. And yeah. so, you know, that's a great lesson, that intentionality um, that, you know, it just, it comes back around to um, this, like you were saying earlier, what's the biggest risk is, is putting yourself out there. And whether that's even before our project has started yeah. <laughs> in it, after it, putting it out for people to see. Yeah. Um, but that is, you know, that is where when you have the strength and courage to do that, yeah. um, you know, that, that is where you can then shine. Um, when we were talking earlier about, um, putting stuff out there and being vulnerable and Paco commented, like having to stay in that state of constant vulnerability is huge risk. And I think that you, on, on your website, um, you sort of speak to this, you know, Brene Brown talks about being in the arena um, and if you're not doing it, then you can't be yeah. saying anything about yeah. it. So maybe this is a beautiful place to end. Like, talk to me about what that being in the arena means to you or that, that, that quote that you have, um, Man in the arena. I learned this. Um, I learned this quote in high school with my favorite debate. Um, deba- debate teacher, Mr. Fuller. I know. I'm just. I'm just gonna send this to Mr. Fuller so he knows. Shout out. Shout, shout out. Shout out, yep. Mr. Fuller. But um, man in the arena essentially is like, um, the credit goes to the man in the arena whose face is marred by dust, sweat, and blood, who errs again and again. But you know, there's no error without. Sh- um, there's no effort without error or shortcoming. Essentially. Um, but for me, that means like you no one can tell you anything if they're not the ones actually getting rejected, getting the yeses, the nos, creating, making mistakes, because you're going to make so many mistakes, but you are in this arena. You know why you're in this arena. Like I'm here because this is the life I want to live. And so in order for me to do that, I have to be the man in the arena. Nobody's going to do it for me. Um, And so it's really important that I remember that I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fall short. I'm going to not be where I thought I would be at a certain age or a certain time, but I know why I'm here and I have to do what I have to do to get to where I want to go. Um, so I have to keep going. I have to keep going. I have to keep going. Like, yes, no, vulnerability or not, defensiveness or not, I have to keep going. And that's, that's what that quote means to me. Like, I have to keep doing this for myself to survive, to live. I have to do this. Yeah. You are the woman in the arena. The woman and, in the arena. And I I I love it. It is incredibly inspiring. Um and it is it's just a reminder that we all need every day. Like it, it it's okay if it's if we're in the struggle, if we're yeah. doubting, if we're feeling vulnerable, like that's just what it's going to be. And we keep putting ourselves back in the arena because like you said, you've chosen this life and it's what you need to do. It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, uh, Tammy, for being with us on this episode of we are photographers here on creative live TV here as part of week three of our collaboration with black women photographers, super excited. Uh, next week coming up, we have Alexis Hunley who will be joining us um, next Wednesday as well. Same time, same place. Uh, 
Um, and it's just been such a pleasure to um, to meet you, to get to know you and know your stories and be inspired and encouraged uh, by, by the work that you are doing um, out you. there. So uh, once again, everybody, uh, be sure to check out the 100 plus episodes of We Are Photographers, our podcast that we have here at Creative Live. Uh, creativelive.com slash podcast. If you are watching right now on Creative Live TV, that's creativelive.com slash TV. You can uh, check out, scroll down, see all the upcoming live broadcasts that we have where it's live. You get to engage um, with everybody else who is tuning in at the same time. And as I mentioned at the top, uh, again, be sure to uh, find and follow Tammy as well as Black Women Photographers Get Involved. Um, Polly is creating, you know, not just a database, um, but a community. She is a powerhouse. And I just, it's really inspiring to see and, and watch everything that she is doing. So shout out to Polly as well. Shout out, uh, Polly. Yes. All right. Thank you so much again, Tammy. I hope you get um, your water back quickly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, thanks for tuning in. That's a wrap for now, but we will see you all next time right here on Creative Live. I'm Kenna Klosterman, and you've been listening to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live. At Creative Live, we believe there's a creator in all of us. And yes, that means you. If you're looking to get fresh perspectives, inspiration, or skills to boost your hobbies, business, or life, head over to creativelive.com slash creator pass. As a creator pass subscriber, you have access to over 1500 classes on demand. Whether it's photo and video, art and design, craft, entrepreneurship, personal finance, or even yoga, there is always something to learn on Creative Live from the world's best educators. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review We Are Photographers wherever it is you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, and a five-star review goes a long way. You can stay up to date with everything happening on Creative Live by following us on social media at Creative Live everywhere. And I'm Kenna Klosterman on Instagram and at Kenna K Photo on Twitter. If there's anyone you want us to feature on the podcast, just send me a message. Thank you again for being part of the global Creative Live community. And I'll see you all next week for another episode of We Are Photographers. <laughs>